Hi, welcome to New Creation Family Church. I hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Okay, we've been doing a series, or we started last week with a series called Habits of Grace. And today I'd like to continue part two. And the series is called Enjoying Jesus Through the Spiritual Disciplines. And we start off just by looking at the name habits. Habits are the behaviors which are performed automatically because they have been performed frequently in the past. This repetition creates a mental association between the situation and the action, which means that when the cue is encountered, the behavior is performed automatically. So if we were to summarize this in one sentence, a habit is an action you do frequently and automatically in response to something in your environment. It's very interesting when you read books about habits that actually 40%, they say 40% of what we do is a result of habits. Most of what we do day to day, we don't consciously think about it, but it's just a routine, a habit that is part of our everyday ordinary life. That's why they say most people when they start off the year saying, I have a New Year's resolution, they say by Valentine's Day, it is no, it's normally ended in nothing because you haven't been able to make a habit of what you set out to do in the new year. So those of you that are still on the journey of your New Year's resolution, push through Valentine's Day. Be that percentage that can actually um, get past the 14th of February. So changes. Change is an interesting topic. How do we change habits? How do we develop new habits? How do we become the person that we want to become? And I want to ask this question based on who you want to become. What is the one habit you need to start in this new year? Based on who you want to become as a parent, as a spouse, as a everyday ordinary person, whether it's adding some fitness to your life or eating healthier, whether it is reading a book once a month, whether it's reading scripture, what habit do you need to trust for to be evident in your life to be the person you want to be? And obviously this series is, is um, centered around the spiritual disciplines because if we're serious about growing in our relationship with the Lord and growing in, in who we are, and becoming conformed to the image of Christ, it is important that we get the basics right. So just a, a practical, silly example of a habit that I would like to maybe see more in my life is flossing. I am an occasional flosser. I am not consistent in flossing. How many of you are consistent flossers? Now we're talking about this flossing, not the other flossing that uh, the next generation knows a lot more about, but just by a show of hands, who has the habit of flossing daily? Be, be confident, be proud, be... Okay, so for the rest of you that don't, didn't stick up your hand, what advice would you give me or what advice would we give each other in what we would do to develop the habit of flossing? <laughs> just do it. Oh, don't do it. Where's Therusha? My dentist comes to this church. <laughs> so if it takes, they say on average, 66 days to develop or form a new habit, they took a group of people and they said, we would like you to, to have the habit of flossing. 
So the first group of people, they said, you need to develop this habit before you brush your teeth. The other group, they said, you develop this habit after you brush your teeth. Which group do you think did better? No. The group that flossed after a daily habit, which is brushing their teeth. By a show of hands, how many of you brush your teeth twice a day? A habit that you should automatically do. You get up, whether you brush your teeth before you have your cup of tea or you have your cup of tea and breakfast and then you brush your teeth. By adding flossing onto a ready-formed habit in their life, that group of people were able to develop this habit a lot easier. The researchers found that the people with more, with a positive attitude towards flossing established a stronger habit. So when I go through the habits of spiritual disciplines this year, or this um, next month or two, part of looking at a habit is the, the first part, which is the knowledge. It is the why to. So I could get the dentist up here and she could tell you exactly why you should be flossing every day. Now that I've hit 40, the part of my body that I feel my age is my teeth. My teeth feel like a 40-year-old person. And I wish I had developed this habit a lot earlier of flossing. So understanding the why, why do I need to floss? Then it's the how-to. So this is a pretty practical um, illustration or a habit is twirling it around your two fingers and getting between your teeth. The how-to can be explained when it comes to flossing. The desire part, the want-to, is for me a key when it comes to developing and establishing a habit. So if your habit is, if you this year would like to develop a habit of reading a business book once a month, do you have that desire to grow when it comes to your leadership in your business or your business principles? Where do we find the desire to take these thoughts of a habit and to see it actually become a real habit in our lives? So we say, we said last week as we did an introduction, that small disciplines done consistently lead to, to lead to big results over time. We get it. In our finances, in our relationship, in our, in our health, in exercising, in eating well, that small things done consistently have big results. You may not see the results immediately, but over time they will yield fruit. We also said that Craig Rochelle gave this quote, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So if you are serious about growing in your relationship with the Lord, if you are serious about maturing spiritually, there are spiritual disciplines that we find um, through the early believers in the life of Jesus and through the centuries, Christians that have practiced these disciplines. You won't find the term spiritual disciplines in the Bible, but if you just study the life of Jesus, how he went and he prayed and he, and he fellowshiped and he lived out these practices and over the early church and over the centuries, they are practices that are done consistently to yield fruit. If I said to you today, I want to become more fit, but I said, well, I will just try and exercise, who knows, there's a big difference between training to get fit and trying to get fit. And what I, what I want us to do in the series is talk about if, if you want to grow this year, if you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord, what is it you need to do consistently to see that desire become real? 
We also said that these um, disciplines are not to bring you under law. This is why we've titled this series Habits of Grace, because in no way am I trying to bring you under condemnation or law if you don't get it right every day. Oh, I didn't pray today. Oh, I didn't read my Bible today. Oh, I didn't. I haven't fasted in the last 30 years. And by bringing law, there is condemnation and there's guilt. And there's feeling like you're not good enough. That's why people can react when we talk about the disciplines. So we've titled this series, um, Spiritual Habits. Learning to enjoy Jesus through the spiritual disciplines. And that's my goal, is that you would catch a desire and a hunger to grow in your relationship with Jesus. That is our purpose. Our purpose is to enjoy Him, to know Him, and then make Him known. So... We are going to look at habits of um, grace, and the first one is going to be time in God's Word. Now, how many of you have a Bible here today? If you can take it out. It is interesting to talk about how this book came into being. We know that it only started once Jesus was resurrected, and we find that the Dr. Luke is the one that started recording um, the life events on G- of Jesus and how the early believers in, in, the, in the early church then adopted the Old Testament. They adopted the Jewish writings, the Jewish scripture, because they found the thread of this person, Jesus, through their, through their scripture. So most of you, if you take your Bible, most of it consists of the Jewish scripture that was adopted and adopted and put into the Christian Bible, which we have today. And as time went on, other writers and other letters were put together, and we have what we call the Bible. And I don't know how many of you have read this from cover to cover. They say only about 11% of Christians have read it from Genesis to the end of Revelation. Are you one of those 11% who has read this book from cover to cover. Maybe a goal for this year is to read the New Testament. Maybe that is a, um, a goal that you feel that you can achieve in this 2020. But this book was written over a period of 1,500 years, and we had over 40 authors, kings, scholars, philosophers, fishermen, poets, statesmen, historians, doctors, and they wrote different types of literature, historic, um, poetry, um, prophecy, and letters. But one thing that we all know in um, Timothy 3 verse 16, is it says, all scripture is God-breathed, or some translation, translations use the word inspired by God. So we have many different writers, we have many different builders, but we have one architect behind it all, and that is God himself. And one of my questions today that I'm going to ask is, what sort of desire do you have for God's word? What sort of desire do you have to read it, to study it, to memorize it, to be in it? We know that um, this is God's primary way of speaking to his people. This is his tool that he has given his church to know him. If you want to know more about him, you read scripture. Some people, after reading scripture, don't want anything to do with God. Um, They were Christians, they were followers of Jesus before this book was put together. I know that um, many people have challenged things about this book, and um, this is a topic that I would like to talk a little bit more about the Bible and the truth of God's Word. 
and the intake of it. So today I want to just do a, a broad touch of the subject. Obviously, we can spend weeks and months talking about the spiritual discipline of reading and studying, and the, uh, studying the Word and where this Bible comes from and how to do it. But first, I want to start off with that diagram on the why. Why should we spend time in the Word? If you were stranded on an island and you could only have one book with you, what book would you have? I wouldn't take the Bible if you were thinking the Bible is the correct answer. I would take a book that talks about how to build a boat and how to make tools and how to navigate the seas and how to um, look at the sky as a compass and how to save myself from the island that I'm stranded on, yes? I need to be saved from the island, I land that I have, and I need to know how to save myself from the bondage of sin. So if I were to say, what book should I become, um, I think it was, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, John Wesley said, I have become a man of one book. I have studied this word because I want to know how to be saved. I want to know what it is to be saved from the corruption of my sinful nature, how to find life and life abundantly, how to be trapped, um, how to find, um, be saved from the, the patterns and the thoughts and the behaviors that lead to death. I know that um, Rene Descartes published a thought in 1936, and it was groundbreaking to that time. I don't know if we have any French people who knows how to pronounce that French quotation. Say it loud. Won't you stand up and say? Exactly, just how you said it. <laughs> Who knows what that means? I think, therefore I am. And there was a turning point in people's awareness of their thought process and how it became a hinge for modern-day philosophy. What we think we have what we think we believe, our thoughts become attitudes, our attitudes become actions, our actions become habits, and it can determine the destiny or the course of your life. So this is why when we, we, we look at the verse, that when we talk about metamorphosis and change, we see um, Paul saying in Romans 12 verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by... Changing the way you think. Some translations use the word by renewing your mind. I read an interesting article, some research done in 2005, and they said that an average person thinks an average of 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And of those thoughts, 80% of them are negative and 95% are the exact thoughts that they thought the day before. So their, their thinking is that by changing, if we can change the way you think, God says, I can change you, I can transform you into the image of my son, and the way I do that is by changing the way you think, by washing you with his word, by renewing the mind. By renewing the mind, it's more than just the insides or just your, your thought patterns. It is your, your, your um, entire inner, inner person as opposed to just your physical person. It refers to your entire mental and moral being. Every facet of human personality is subject to this renewal. 
And as each facet is renewed, it contributes to the transformation in line with the will of God. So why is it that we are called to spend time, to read, to meditate, and study, because God wants to change the way you think. Because if you can change the way you think, it will change the way you believe, behave, and feel. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 is a verse that you all should know very well. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Here is the why. Why is it that we should spend time on a daily basis or on a weekly basis reading, studying, meditating on Scripture? Well, it says there, Um, It is useful to teach us what is true. What is interesting in the world that we live in now is this whole, hey, bro, just live your truth. We live in a time where you live your truth, I will live my truth, let's respect each other, but just live your truth, bro. And actually, Scripture or Jesus talks about learning about the, the truth, living the truth, and what is truth. So I don't just want my experiences to to determine my theology. I want God's truth to determine my theology. And this is where we've got fun topics happening with our young people today on them choosing who they want to be and choosing their truth. Where Scripture, it says, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. What is truth? How do you know truth if you do not... Know what the Word says. I met someone before he even gave his life to the Lord. He read this book from cover to cover before he made his uh, decision to follow Jesus because he wanted to know what he was getting into. What is it that you're asking of me and what is this all about before I make this decision? So we can spend a lot of time talking about the why, why it is important. Now I want us to look at the how and it's not so much about how much but it is about how you read Scripture. So most of us will hear the Word, whether you sit in church and you hear it or you go to a life group. Some of us may have a daily devotion and we may read it. Um, I'm not too sure how many of us meditate on it, how many of us study it, and how many of us um, yeah, memorize God's Word. It's a great w- a time that we live in with technology I think over 2 million people have downloaded the Version Bible app. If you don't have it on your smartphone, I would put it on your Bible. It also comes with the option of pressing play, and you can, it can read the Word to you. So you don't even have to sit there and read it, but you can sit there and listen. Um, I have Audible, and I have bought a, the chronological Bible, and often in the car I would sit, instead of listening to DJ Fresh, I listen to the Scripture. But who knows that by just listening, you only take in so much. Because my mind is busy wondering and thinking about a whole bunch of other things. But I know my wife, she, she bought the physical Bible, and it is a 360-day reading the book from cover to cover. And it puts it in um, biteable uh, proportions or biteable sizes. They say it takes between 15 and 20 minutes a day, and you will read the Bible in one year. Um, some of you may follow reading plans. The, the Version Bible app is a great um, tool there that gives you devotionals on different topics. And you, even just reading the, the verse of the day 
will help you grow in discovering who God is by spending time with Him. R.S. Sproul said this, We fail in our duty to study God's Word, not so much because it's difficult to understand, not so much it's, uh, because it's dull or boring, but because it is work. Our problem is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of passion. Our problem is that we are lazy. And I get it. We live in a busy Joburg life. Most of the time when we get home, all we want to do is sit on that couch and detach. That's why for me it's work to get up a little bit earlier and to spend time in prayer and spend time in the Word in the morning. We see Jesus followed that discipline of doing it. Um, He would move away from his disciples and get up and he would spend time with his Father. Jesus needed to spend time with his Father. How much more do we need to? So the how. Some of you may be asking the question, Paul, how do I read this book? I don't understand it. I don't understand how to read it. It's complicated. I don't get it. We would love to help you learn how to do that. We run a course every so often on how to read the Bible for all it's worth, and we might be running it again this year. So listen out for that. But get connected to a small group. Get connected to uh, regularly attending church. Get into the Word. Um, learn how to do it. We also run a, a course called uh, KLS, which is a Kingdom Leadership School, every second Tuesday night. We just, we just do that four times a quarter. If you need a habit, if you need us to help you develop a habit, then register for a course because it'll make you be somewhere every Tuesday night and you have an assignment the following week to do and it will get you diligently growing in this particular area. But we run courses throughout the year and I encourage you to invest spiritually in, these, um, in this area. One of my dangers, and I need to be careful how I say this, is churchianity. You all know about churchianity. Maybe you've heard of Christianese. My heart is that we don't just get you accustomed to a, a culture of church or just speaking the language. My heart of this is that you would grow to know Jesus in a personal way. For yourself. Not lived through someone else. Your relationship that's just there because of someone else. Most of us, to be honest, would rather listen to something said about the Bible than actually reading the Bible. Most of us would rather listen to someone talk about the Bible instead of actually reading the Bible ourselves, yes? You cannot if you think what I've just said is, is relevant. To delight in the Word. This is my prayer that after today that God would stir something in us to delight in Him. The goal is not just to get through Scripture and tick off the spiritual discipline we've done, but to get Scripture into us, to get Scripture through us. The goal is not just to get more knowledge. Knowledge can puff up. The goal is to get Scripture in us to change us and transform us. So Matt, quickly come stand here. Simon, quickly come stand here. If Matt knows this Bible 10 times more than Simon knows this Bible, And he's got great head knowledge. He can quote scripture verses. He can tell you about when Paul wrote this verse and why he wrote it. But if I had to ask the question, Matt, do you love 10 times more than this person loves? Or do you experience 10 times more peace than this person experiences? It's not just about head knowledge. Thank you, you can sit down. It is about allowing the scripture to change us. 
So when I talk about the spiritual discipline of reading, studying, growing in the Word, it's not just to know more about it. It is to have a greater revelation of who God is and allow Him to change us. And that's where we talk about the difference between just reading it and studying it. Not just reading it, meditating on it. Psalm 1 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand um, around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. Meditating on God's word. We're not talking about Eastern meditation, which is an attempt to empty your mind. We're talking about meditation, Christian meditation, which is an attempt to fill your mind, to fix your thoughts, to set your mind on things above, things that are true, things that are pure, not just emptying ourselves, detaching from this world. How many of you have developed this practice of meditating on Scripture? This, this term meditation in Hebrew talks about to speak or to matter it. Have you ever um, seemed a little bit crazy because you talk to yourself? And this meditation is to be speaking the word, to be muttering the word, to be chewing on that word. The, the pictures that come out of this, this um, Hebrew and Greek word talk about a lion uh, gnawing over the meat or growling over its prey. It's the low murmur of a dove or a cow chewing, chewing the grass. It's this meditating on it, thinking about it, chewing it, speaking the word to yourself, speaking back at it, talking to yourself. You may come across a little bit crazy and a little bit weird, but it is this meditating on it. And this is what I'm saying. I want some of you to go from just reading to actually, instead of reading a chapter, read three verses and stop at that verse and read that verse over and over and dwell on that verse. And maybe you have a commentary and you can study a word or something about that scripture verse and then memorize it and get it inside of you. So it's not just reading chapters. Like I'm not saying reading isn't good. Read. Read lots. But make sure you're also spending time to stop and study, and to meditate. If raking the garden was reading scripture, meditation and study is digging, or studying the word, the word would be digging in the garden. It's hard work, it takes time, and meditation would be sitting there on the, the porch enjoying that word, enjoying the revelation of who God is through that, that scripture verse. I know at the school I came here in my early years, and still to this day, I can um, quote verses that I memorized as a child. It's important to memorize, and I guess the older you get, it is harder to memorize Scripture. But the Psalm 1, I can quote it to you, because I, I learned, I memorized it as a child. And it's important for us to memorize Scripture. Why? Because wherever you are, God can illuminate that Word and speak to you. And it can be the sword of the Spirit. He can use it to, when you're faced with a lie, God can illuminate that, that Word and speak to you through His Word. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I want us to learn what it means to hide God's Word in our heart. To have it within us. To study it. 
to meditate on it. The, the, the reasoning is this, what the mind repeats, it retains. What is, what cassette is going, playing over and over in your mind? What thoughts are you thinking? What worries do you have? What anxiety is keeping you up at night? How is it that we can um, see God renew our mind, wash our minds with, our, with His Word, give us the mind of Christ? To meditate on Scripture is to allow the truth of God's Word to move from head to heart. It is to so dwell upon a truth that it becomes part of our being. And this is why the practical side of this series is, yes, maybe these aren't the most exciting sermon topics that you're going to get this year. But I'm going to ask you to be practical about it and do something about it. Most of you understand why we need to read the Word. Most of you understand how to do it. The part that I feel that God needs to stir within His church today is a desire for Him and a desire for His Word. If we were to add reading Scripture to your daily routine, where would you add it to your daily routine? What Habits do you currently have? Do you get into the office early, go make a cup of coffee, and then scroll through Facebook? When is a good time to take a book of the Bible and just to start reading through it and studying it and spending time in it and meditating on it? That's a question you need to answer. I know what time of the day works best for me. Evenings are not the best for me. Mornings work well. Maybe your lunch break, I don't know. You, you, these are fun topics to talk about in the life groups. There was a, a survey done by the Center of Bible Engagement. I think they took about 40,000 people and they, they just looked at the difference it takes when someone reads the scripture once a day versus, I mean, once a week versus two to three or four times a week. And their findings were quite interesting. They didn't see um, a, big, a big change until it was four times a week. And they found that there were Remarkable changes, people that read uh, scripture four times a week feeling lonely dropped 30%, anger issues dropped 32%, bitterness in relationships dropped 40%, alcoholism dropped 57%, feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%, um, dealing with pornography dropped 61%. There's that mind, renewing the mind, fixing your thoughts on things that are pure. And they found that people then being able to share their faith increased by 200%. Interesting stats that people come up with um, on the benefits of spending time in the Word, growing in the Word. But my way that I want to end this time off, and in a moment I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and we're going to play a song. But I, I read this Psalm 1 to you. And it's this word that is in verse 2. But they delight... In God's instruction, they delight on His Word, meditating on it. And I want to ask you today, can you allow God to stir up a passion for Him? A passion for His Word, that you again might delight in spending time with Him. That it won't just be a dry, boring duty or something that you really have no desire to do. To be honest with you, confessions of a pastor, I, I enjoy series, I enjoy sports on TV. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and, and you know, it's easy, and, and games. I like a game on my phone, and I put their novels, not really novels, that's not really me, but I know some of you love 
reading novels. But to be honest, it is far easier to wake up in the morning and just scroll, scroll through the latest feeds. It's just like it just satisfies something in my flesh. It's just easier. But I know that this, um, this, when Scripture talks about our spirit and our flesh being at war with one another, the spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting with each other. I want to trust that God would give us a hunger and a passion for Him. And by having a passion for Him, it will give us a passion for His Word. Because if you want to know God more, if you want to grow in your relationship with Him, it is going to be spending time in His Word, allowing the Holy Spirit to illuminate His Word and grow in His Word. If you're serious about growing this year, this spiritual discipline needs to be evident in your life. How are you going to adjust to it and how are you going to grow in it? If you are someone that needs some skills or still doesn't understand the why, but for me, it is going to be the desire. In our prayer meeting this morning, I just remembered what it was like back in the day when I was pursuing relationship with my wife and how exciting it was and wanting to spend time with her and wanting to read the letter she wrote me. And there's just something about a desire to have that same excitement with the Lord again. That same excitement to, I want to spend time with you. I want you to, I want to meet with you. I want to encounter you. In James, it talks about draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I'm going to invite the worship team up. And this is how I want to end this time off with. Allowing God by His Spirit to maybe just come and stir something in our hearts this morning. Giving you a, a desire to say, God, I want to draw near to you again. This year, in 2020, I want to know you more. I want to make you known. This song that we're going to sing has these words in it. The more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I find you, the more I love you. And it's that I want to sit at your feet. I want to enjoy this relationship. I want it to be real. I want it to be alive. I'm not interested in churchianity, to be honest with you. I'm interested in relationship with Jesus. I want you to put your Bibles down and your notepads down. And this is the part where I can stop speaking and I can allow and invite the Holy Spirit to come and just move in this place. We pray for a hunger, God. We pray for a thirst. Pray that you come and heal the deserts in our soul dry and barren places that only you God can satisfy only you God can bring life to we look to you as the living water just as Psalm 42 says as a deer longs as a deer pants for water so my soul seeks you and longs for you
long for you, God. We long for authentic relationship. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit that makes reading the Word possible, makes meeting like this possible, because you're the one that draws us to the Father, leads us into all truth, speaks to us. can just pray the simple prayer God I am hungry and I am thirsty for you come and fill me afresh in this time I invite you to stand to sit, to kneel but I just ask you just to fix your attention on him for a moment as we end this time off don't think about what's coming next or later this afternoon But if you can do business to meet with God, draw closer to Him and allow Him to draw closer to you as this worship team sings this song over us this morning. I hope you enjoyed this recording. For more information about New Creation, please visit our website at www.newcreation.co.uk. Stay blessed.